Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is episode 76. I'm Abe Metz, and here with B Pimp. B Pimp, what is up with you? We're talking about practice. We're talking about that came up recently, and I don't remember why. 76ers. Oh, yeah. Alan Iverson. It's a great quote. But you know what's funny? I like, I feel like there used to be back in the day more of uh, more of like reporters like calling out players for talking like Allen Iverson did. Yeah. But now, I think it's openly admitted to that like the NBA season is long. They play a lot of games, and a lot of players say like we don't we don't practice. Like we'll only practice if we have two days off in a row, which right. happens like three times a month maybe. Right. And that's like part of the known thing. Yeah, it's interesting, like how it's changed. I think it's because they realize that when people start getting injured for the playoffs and it like damages the product of the of the NBA's, you know, like being fun to watch, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh yeah, this is a little crazy to expect somebody to be like I go play basketball for an hour by myself, not even a game shooting around, and if I try to go back the next day, I'm sore. And that's not oh, like yeah. you're playing a basketball game like full, you know, like forty five. Yeah, it's crazy. No, it is. Like, I, I cannot play basketball two days in a row. Nope. Um, I'm also not a peak prime, you know, athlete, but I think the point Also is- not getting paid millions of dollars to do it. God, these people are complaining so much. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. It's our first podcast of the year 2020. That's crazy. Isn't it? Like, this is a real year. Yeah, it, it, we actually got there. Florida... It has not sunk yet. Well, it's still, I mean, it kind of is. It's getting there. Yeah. Um, it's and going to be a big year. It can't not be. Well, I saw somebody was proposing dates for something, and all of them ended with like a slash 20. I'm like, what? We're at 20? I know. It's, uh, I remember growing up, like when I was five, six, seven years old, thinking about how old I would be in the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Now, to think about the year 2000 seems like an infinite amount of time ago. Yeah, I don't even know what was happening then. I've lived more in the 21st century than the 20th. It's, it's weird. We're having an existential crisis. No. On the air. Okay, what do you hope for that happens for you in the year 2020? I would like to dunk a basketball. Mm-hmm. I would like to get my golf game i'm about like a 13 handicap right now i'd like to get into single digits i i'll admit i would love to play golf with you but i'm so much shittier than you that you might not find it fun no i would find it fun i i like playing golf no matter who it's with i'm not one of those people like okay just, i don't care just so you know i'd be shooting like 120 or oh, i could i could still do that okay on the right day or the wrong day, I guess. But I'm talking about a par three nine hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait. We got to do that. No, um, yeah, we should, we should play. I would totally play. I think those, I mean, those are my big, like I'm, I'm focusing on sports. So those are my big, big ones, I would say. Yeah, I, uh, I have been so lucky in my life to be able to dunk. Um, last year, I would say it started getting a lot harder. And my goal is, and I only have a few weeks left, but by my 35th birthday to still be able to do it. 
Yes. I think I will be able to, uh, unless I injure myself, but that's, I want to be able to. Well, when did you, you, you post a video of it, don't you, when you do it? I do. And like the one on my 34th birthday, February 1st, 2019, was kind of rough. I mean, I Why? did it, but it was just like the, the level of, I could barely dunk, and the level of decrease from 33 to 34 was pretty high. Oh, okay, I get you. And I feel like for NBA players, there's a lot of decline that happens in those years. I'm not saying I'm an NBA player. <laughs> if you're not LeBron James, I feel like a lot of athletic decline happens right around then. Yeah, that's true. But there's also some people who don't, like Vince Carter. Mm-hmm. You know, he's 40 and he can still dunk pretty easily. So if you're anything yeah. like Vince Carter. I am um, not anything like Vince Carter. <laughs> you, you got a lot of time left. <laughs> Uh, to uh, to disregard the premise of your statement. <laughs> You're not half man, half amazing? No. Uh, people just say like, yeah, that's a man. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would like to be able to do that for my 35th. Outside of that, I mean, obviously I want things to break right politically um, for 2020. Outside of that, I just want to keep on living. We have our daughter. I want her. She'll be going from a half a year old to one and a half over the course of 2020. So that's, there's a lot of changes that happen there. Her teeth will come in. She'll start crawling. She'll start walking. Um, I don't know what else. There are other milestones, I think. But those are the big ones. Yeah, that's, that's going to be exciting to follow along and see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, well. Yeah, um, it'll go great. It'll go great. Everything so far is like top notch. Yeah, she can roll like no one's business. She can. She can. She's a, all of it is um, her getting prepared to take over this podcast when mm-hmm. she's old enough. So, I think you know, in her future, she could be a pretty good basketball player too. She's right now. She's pretty long and lean. She's in the ninety-eighth percentile for height. Wow. But 55th for weight. I think she is like between, you know, Maggie's jeans and my jeans. I think she's going to have some long arms, be a little long and lean. I think she could be like a solid WNBA player. She's going to be like 6'5 and like a center in the WNBA. Not sure why she would be 6'5, but if that (laughs) (laughs) happened for some reason, you know, that'd be great. Yeah, she would dominate. That would be amazing if she surpassed my height. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those, those, it certainly won't happen in 2020. That would be some massive, like pituitary gland. <laughs> yeah. That would not be good. That, that would, would be, be <laughs> that would be a problem. Yeah. Uh, but for this episode, be pimp. Do you have a whiskey for us to kick off the new year with? I do. And not only do I have a whiskey, I have a whiskey from your home state. Well, Washington, Washington. So I'm going to show you, um, it's Woodenville. Not far outside of Seattle. Yeah, and it's a handmade in Washington State. They've got a lot of Washington branding on the side. I don't know if you could see this, but it says "Made in Washington." Yeah, printed. Um, it's got uh, this is a ninety-proof bourbon. The Woodenville Distillery was not established until twenty ten, so it's a pretty young bourbon. Nice. Um, that means that most it's 
could have been aged for nine years, although I doubt it was. Here's what I learned about bourbons from a couple episodes ago. They need to be 51% or more corn. Yup. Absolutely. And they only have to be made somewhere in the U.S. They do not need to be made in Kentucky. Good to know. Uh, distilled, bottled, and aged by Woodenville Whiskey Company, Woodenville, Washington. And I do know from research that they were purchased already by a bigger distributor and company because their promise that they saw from this bourbon. Oh, Anheuser-Busch? I hope not. Well, maybe Suntory. It probably was. Yeah. I could see um, that. Like, who would purchase a Washington? Like, if it's on the Pacific Coast, maybe it would be a Japanese company. Yeah. And they, they own a lot. They do. But yeah. it just tells me, I mean, knowing that they were just established in 2010, so their first product couldn't have been out much earlier than, like, 2016, 2015, mm-hmm. um, then that's got to be a good sign of the product. So Absolutely. I've had a I've had a little bit of it, but I have not had a discerning, you know, smell and taste test yet. So yeah, I could tell when you were showing me the bottle, it was not full. Correct. <laughs> I would give it about 60% full. <laughs> yes. So the smell is, um, there's a lot of caramel coming through. There's no, no cloves. Okay. Um, light on the cloves. What about the, the anise? No anise. Okay. That's good. I don't think I really want either one of those in my whiskey. Nope. So the smell, the smell is very caramel forward, which makes sense because it's young. So I learned that the longer, you know, that uh, Jim Beam has that devil's cut mm-hmm. uh, whiskey. Mila Kunis or Mila Kunis promotes. Yes. So the devil's cut is what stays in the barrel that they can't get back out. It just lives in the barrel. So when the whiskey's young, there's less of that. And most of the flavor comes back into the, product that's still in the barrel so you usually get more caramel from the wood sugars oh okay little little uh uh, knowledge courtesy of jay henry and sons for you we gotta drop some knowledge and you've lately have been dropping a ton of whiskey knowledge into this podcast so after your first taste letting it sit for a little bit how's how what's your first impression it's it's so the taste doesn't follow from the smell. Like it's not the caramely smell would make me think it would be a sweet bourbon, mm-hmm. but it's really not. And it's not a very, um, it's not a very aggressive taste. Um, some of them hit you like the J Henry and sons that we did a couple episodes ago. It's very spicy, like a rye. And it just kind of, it's like an assault. Mm-hmm. This one is more um, subdued. I would say. That's good. I, Truthfully, I don't like a strong caramely taste in my whiskey. No, I agree. So it doesn't bother me if the smell is going to be that way, but if you if you have the taste to go with that, I, I'm probably going to give it the boot. But I'm curious to see, and I'm glad to hear it doesn't have that caramely taste. It doesn't. I think, of it. I think my, my opinion of this is that it is good. Um, the flavor is not complex or there's not as much character to it which i think is because they are releasing a product that's younger mm-hmm. and just just by the nature of how how recently this distillery came out came to be like it's just younger and i think as time goes on and they have more time to put out some 
product that was in the barrels longer, it's going to be really great. I still think it's on the smooth train because it does taste good. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to punish it and say you get the boot because it's good. Like the, the flavor is good, but I just think it has a lot of, uh, like it has a lot of upside potential as Jay Billis would say. Okay. It has not yet fulfilled its potential. Correct. But we're hopeful that it does. Yes. And it's on the smooth train, but it could get like way towards the front. If And, and maybe we'll come back to this one. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's like very much, you know, riding economy. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But it's on the train. It's on. Yeah. All right, good to know. Woodenville, Washington. I believe that is our first Washington whiskey, is it not? It's got to be. Definitely is our first Washington whiskey. Yeah, next time I'm in Seattle, which I have no idea when that'll be, but next time I am in Seattle, I definitely will look for a whiskey too. Yeah, we got to get more from the different states, not just Kentucky. Definitely. I, we haven't had a California whiskey either, I don't think. No. I have no idea what's out there. I got to do some research. Yeah, I'm sure there's some. Uh, just in when we were just in Madison um, a little while back, the, uh, the distillery we went to, there was also two or three other ones within about 25 minutes. Like there, you can usually find some. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, around. So I'm sure there's some good ones. Maybe when we're out there, we'll have to go check one out. Yes. Um, all right. So we are talking about, uh, and we've done this on a few of our last podcasts, the top one hit wonders. We used to do, uh, excuse me, uh, earlier in the year, I believe, or maybe even several years ago, we did the top one hit wonders of the 1980s. And then we did the top hit, uh, one hit wonders of the 1990s. Fairly recently, we did the top one-hit wonders of the 2000s. And the last decade just ended, which means we have to do the top one-hit wonders of the 2010s. So we combed through. This is a tougher list. One, because it's more recent. It's hard to know for sure if some of these artists actually are one-hit wonders, because who knows, they could still have an upcoming release. But... Um, at least with my list, pretty much all of them release songs in the front half of the decade. Yeah, so, I was going to mention my last entry is from 2013. That's the latest I went. Yeah, so you even went you know, further back than me. Uh, but I feel confident in kind of saying, like, I, I think these are one-hit wonders. I even like some of the artists. It, it's not to hold that against them. Um, but uh, I, I still feel good in saying that. These are probably going to be one-hit wonder. So that is what we're talking about for this top five. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it. These are our top five one-hit wonders of the 2010s. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, B-Pimp. What is your number five one-hit wonder of the 2010s? For me, number five, and I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. Oh, I'm here sure. we go. But it's Rebecca Black Friday <laughs> from 2011. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend Friday. Uh, you know what's funny? You think you're going to get a lot of flack for that song. It's not even to the point where it's on my list yet. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. So I, okay. So first of all, when I heard this song, yes, it became annoying because it was just inundating everything, but 
I thought it was catchy and weird, and I like that kind of stuff. The lyrics so I'm like, are yeah, hilarious. It's like, great. A scene and, in the car, lady. I know. But then, not only that, I heard her interviewed, and I cannot remember what this was on. But she was on a podcast. Oh, there's a podcast that's very funny called The Broadcast. Okay. Um, two female uh, NFL Network uh, staffers who do like a completely unrelated to football podcast. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had her on and she wow. talked about the background of that was her mom, her money, her parents are rich and mm-hmm. her mom took her to LA to a place that just does this. Like they take somebody that wants to be a singer and they just package them. They say, here's a song, here's a video. They do all this stuff for you. And that was what this was. And it just yeah. blew up. Well, and I didn't I- know that before. No, I remember reading something about the, like, record company. And it's the guy who does the rap first on it. He runs it. Yes. Yeah, and it, I forget. It was called, like, Arc or something like that. But I remember, like, they had a bunch of other videos, too. But, like, this was the one that broke through. And it's for, essentially, like, spoiled children. Yes, exactly. So I was like, okay, well, then why, are, why is everybody villainizing her? Like she just made, she just did something like who knew that that would blow up like that. I know. And she was a kid too. Exactly. If she was a spoiled kid, like relax. And and I think it's hilarious. So I put that on my list as number five. Yeah. And you know, what's weird. Like people love to hate that song, but it honestly wasn't much worse than most pop songs and was catchier. Yeah, it's true. Like there's some stuff I hear that is taken seriously that is not no it's not good. like her lyrics are like kind of dumb I, I mean i doubt she wrote them so like whatever but like you can also listen to like some black eyed peas lyrics and be like wow these are stupid mm-hmm. yeah so, whatever yeah um, no kudos for picking that it's also on my list later um my number five is daughter of rob schneider ellie king with x's and o's from 2015. I didn't know it was Rob Schneider's daughter. I know. Isn't that funny? Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's a hilarious relation. All right. What is your number four? My number four is The Neighborhood with Sweater Weather from 2013. I know that one. You don't know it. It's no. a good. It's like I was curious about that one because it's. I think it definitely was a hit that like would qualify as a one-hit wonder. Mm-hmm. But I also like the song a lot, and I think that the band is pretty good. It's just one of those things where like none of their other stuff came to that level of recognition. So I mean, I think that's the point of this list. We should pick the ones that we like. There were yeah. some off because I legit don't like the songs. Exactly, I agree. So this is it's a good catchy little jing- little ditty. So. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. All right. My number four is Gautier with somebody that I used to know from 2012. Double dip. Whoa. So, I mean, I feel like this song, and I'm glad we have a double dip. First double dip of 2020. 
Whoop, whoop. Hell yeah. We haven't had a double dip in a little bit, too. I know. Like, legitimate double dip. Um, but this song had it had a unique sound, for sure. I love this song. Um, I like that it has, like, the male perspective and then the female perspective being like, hold on. Um, what I kind of bothered me about this song is that a lot of radio stations would play a remixed version of it. That would be, like... Uh, not more up tempo, but like had almost like a a totally different drum track behind it, a much more intense drum track. Oh yeah, kind of drove me nuts. Like leave this song how it is. Yeah, that's that's ugh, the, the worst. Some radio stations do the same thing with Kid Cudi's Day and Night, which is like no, you're like changing that song fundamentally by doing that. Another great song. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Why did you put Gautier at uh, your three, I guess? I love it. Um, I actually love that album. I haven't heard it at all. I think it's very good. I think there was like three or four other songs on that album that are as good or better than somebody that I used to know. Um, I think somebody that I used to know is a song that I will always revisit because I think it is, I, I just think it's a great song. Like I love his voice. I love Kim, I think Kimbra is the female singer. Mm-hmm. Her voice is great. Um, I like the the aesthetic of like the video. Um, everything about it is good. They performed it on SNL, and it was like, a really good live performance. So everything oh, about it. I don't think I've seen it. Honestly, I recommend it. Check it out. I uh, was watching SNL. Have you ever heard of an artist called Da Baby? No, I have no idea who this was, but he was on SNL. And I've heard of Bad Baby. No, it's just Duh Baby. One Duh word. Baby? Okay, yeah. I don't know. And it was rap, I guess. Um, it was actually a pretty good production for SNL. But man, I, I feel out of touch. I had no idea who this person was. Yeah, I'm out of I haven't watched SNL in like three years, so I'm yeah. out of touch with it completely. But All right, my number three, going back to one that you just picked, is Rebecca Black with Friday. Yes. And just... I loved how that song just would like not go away for the longest time. It still pops up here and there. It like it everybody does. knows it. And it's just it, what's crazy is this song is from 2011. We're yeah, talking was, nine years ago at this point. I was surprised by that. Yeah, um, barely a one-hit wonder from this decade. But yeah, more power to her. Um, you know, I I don't know what to say about that song. Obviously, it's like. Got some dumb lyrics, but it is catchy. Uh, they're kids, so I'm not going to criticize it that much. And it's it it was an earworm that got like millions and millions of YouTube views because of it. I still every so often like somebody will, the way somebody says Friday will just make that song start playing in my head, and I don't yeah. get upset about it. I'm just like, oh yeah, Friday, remember that? Like, <laughs> remember that? Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, no, that's uh, it's a quintessential one-hit wonder. All right, B-Pimp, what is your number two? Ganyam Style by Psy from 2012. Ooh, good pick. This was just like one of those songs that became like ubiquitous. Everybody knew it. It, the video was all over because of the dance. It was on Just Dance, the video game, and Wii and everything. 
it was just like it took over it's a great catchy song i don't know anything else by this guy uh and so to me it's like fits all the check marks of a one-hit wonder no and it does and like not only it's not in english except for that one lyric like style in the youtube video i think like broke all sorts of records but it was one of the few songs that is not in english not in spanish that would actually also get played on the radio yep which is crazy it's all in korean yeah how many americans know korean i don't know but i mean just korean americans probably yeah not not a high percentage that's how catchy that song was right and they did have like some other like you could follow along with the chorus enough to like repeat it and then so even though you don't know what you're saying it's i think it that's why it worked but it's also just a great like interesting kind of unique song no for sure uh all right my number two is uh, this was hard because she has had other singles but none that have risen that have risen to even a fraction of the level of this song. But it's Carly Rae Jepsen with Call Me Maybe from 2011. Double dip. Double dip. You know what's crazy? Our two and one, not to spoil it, would have gotten a double dip no matter which way we did it. Oh, okay. That's yeah. funny. No, this is, I mean, this is, to me, uh, a, a song that I like a lot. It's one of my favorite songs from that decade. I do think, I do think that it is a uh, one-hit wonder because of what we've discussed before, but, like, that just goes to our disclaimer. Like, this, this is not meant as a negative. No, not at all. You know, it's a great song. I like song. Carly Rae Jepsen. I do, too. I like all the different versions of the song I've heard. Like, it's great. Mm-hmm. The only thing I would say about this song <clears throat> is that the production of it, I'm almost certain the strings are from a keyboard. Oh, okay. Which I could be wrong, but kind of drives me nuts a little bit. They just sound synthy a little bit. Just the fact but, that they wouldn't have gotten somebody to actually play. Yeah, they're like a little too sharp. They don't quite sound right to me. So I think they're they're keyboard strings. I wish they would have gotten real strings. Okay, that's fair. But I've used keyboard strings on a million songs, so whatever. But still, if they knew this song was going to be huge, they should have like really quickly like changed the production underneath <laughs> and gotten like a full string like orchestra. I agree. They should have definitely done that, and they should still do it like once a year. Get a full. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, my number one, I've already alluded to it, is Psy Gangnam Style. Just... Opa Gangnam Style. Like, the the pause between him saying that and then it going into, like, the beat chorus is... It's not even a natural amount of time, but it's somehow still perfect. Like, the drop is still, like, just right. Yep. It's a really good song. Um, the fact that it like broke through so well, like no other song from Asia, I don't think has ever done, or at least like that I can remember. Are we counting Steely Dan's album Asia? In that? We are no? not counting okay. <laughs> Steely Dan album as an Asian album. Okay, fair uh, enough. But yeah, but like, yeah, it was huge. I don't even think 
I don't even think Cy is like necessarily, he's like a comedian. Yeah. And like a late night host or something, right? Yeah. I don't know too much about him. I'll admit, but uh, not even like a natural musician. So it'd be like if Jay Leno made a huge song that broke all the records in Korea. Oh God. I can't imagine a song from Jay Leno, what that would be like, but I don't think I want to hear it. Or maybe I want to hear it. This is I do want to hear it. This is kind of a sidebar, but like, did you know that he is trying to become an actor and he's on like Tim Allen show Last Man Standing in a serious like not a cameo as Jay Leno. He plays a mechanic and it's so bad. Really? That yeah. show sucks. I watched one episode of it and I found it unwatchable. I think Tim Allen, if he were anyone else, like just a random dude, that show would have been canceled so fast. Yes. For it's some atrocious. reason. For some reason, Tim Allen has still persisted to this day. I don't understand how. Why? He has like zero talent. I don't know. It's all because of the grunt from Home Improvement, I guess. Uh, I hated that show, too. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me. I think like Tim Allen is the worst. But J- you should find the episode Jay Leno's on because he wears the Canadian tuxedo, like he all, like he's known uh, for. Yeah. He plays a mechanic who's – it's not self-referential. Like, this is Jay Leno. He's trying to play a character. It's so bad. Oh, God. Why? I don't know, but I love it. I hope he keeps doing it. Yeah. All right. Did you have any uh, honorable mentions? I don't. I had two. One of them is Rachel Platten with Fight Song. Have you heard that song? Yeah, I don't like it. From 2015. It's not good. No, I don't like it. But it was used so much. And Hillary Clinton used it. Maybe that's why she lost. I think it might be. It's yeah. that bad. And then I tell me this. They do have another song that did okay uh, more recently, but um, the other one I had was Foster the People with Pumped Up Kicks. Yeah, that's a good choice, I think. Yeah, hard to say. I think history will be the judge if that ends up being a one hit. Um, but all of it, they, they've had another single since then. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all I had. If you think that folks at home, that there are one-hit wonders from the tens, what do we even call these? Just the tens? The teens. The teens. No, you can't do teens. That's weird. No, the twenty. Twenty tens. Tenors. The tenors. The uh, yeah. The yeah. that's it. I think you got it. Yeah. If we missed any one-hit wonders from the twenty tenors then let us know. You can let us know at Twitter, of course. Um, 280 characters if you want. More than you used to be able to do 10 years ago. Um, that's at Whiskey Sessions. That's our Twitter handle. Or even better, hit us up on our email address at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com and we'll read your email on a future episode. But we're not on a future episode. We're on a current episode. So we still got to read your emails. These are your emails you sent us emails to read emails and now we'll read them all right b pimp i've got an email it goes like this what's up whiskey sessions in the last episode you made predictions about the year 2020 neat big deal it takes a real pro to guess what will happen in 2040 here we go Florida is entirely underwater, bionic Trump wins his sixth term, and the Houston Cubs win their 18th World Series. And this is from Len in Macon, Georgia. 
I don't know which one of those is the most disturbing. <laughs> How about that all of them could happen? Oh, God. Bionic <laughs> Trump? Wouldn't his, like, natural grossness, like, dissolve the bionic materials that are trying to keep him alive? Probably. I think they'd have to rebuild him, like, at least twice a year. I saw David Roth from Deadspin. This is his quote, so I give him credit. But he said uh, there was, like, a controversy about Trump. He sent out a picture of himself, like, his head on Rocky's body. And then people were arguing about it. And somebody said, like, yeah, that's really him. And he's like... (laughs) The fact that there's the facts have disintegrated in this country so much that you have to defend it when he's he's like objectively shaped like a bowling pin and has the muscle <laughs> definition of a McRib. <laughs> I was like, that's the best. Oh God, is is Deadspin still in existence? No, he. There's a Twitter handle called Undeadspin where uh-huh. you can follow, and all the people that used to work there, you'll get links to all their new stories where they've moved on to. So I recommend that's that. Cool. Yeah, I used to read that a lot back in the day, but they just, I remember Gawker went through that big, like, Hulk Hogan lawsuit. Yep. That pretty much ended them. Yep. And then it was just kind of like, you were waiting for the worst to happen with the rest of it. Pretty much. Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, but I am going to check out that Twitter feed then. Yeah, I recommend it. I've gotten a lot of good uh, little stories from that so far. Yeah. Well, if you have any good little stories for us, let us know on our email address. Of course, that's whiskey sessions music again at gmail.com. And we'll read that email on a future episode. But be pimp. We've wrapped up a great episode about uh, one hit wonders from the 2010s. What do you see? What kind of music is just going to like kick ass in the 2020s? I think um, video game music is going to become the big thing. Mm hmm. Where like they just, ma- like where it sounds like it's from an old video game? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that's going to take over the nation. I could see that happening. Um, maybe we should work on some beats that have that sort of sound to get ahead of the trend. Yeah, let's do it for, for another sip. Yeah. Whiskey Sessions 2, another sip. Folks, get ready. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, it's going to have a lot of video game sound bites in the beats. All of them. We're talking Sega Genesis. Nonstop. We're talking golden axe. Yep. Drops. <laughs> All right. But until then, this is A Mets saying peace out. And B Pim saying see you later. See ya.